Letters twenty three and twenty four of the Sylph. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Celine Major. The Sylph by Georgiana Cavendish, Duchess of Devonshire. Letter twenty three. To Miss Grenville. Well, my dear Louisa the important point i related the particulars of in my last is quite settled and sir william has been able to satisfy some rapacious creditors would to heaven i could tell you the butcher baker etc were in the list no my sister the creditors are a vile set of gamblers or in the language of the polite world blacklegs thus is the purpose of my heart entirely frustrated and the laudably industrious tradesman defrauded of his due but how long will they remain satisfied with being repeatedly put by with empty promises which are never kept good god how is this to end i give myself up to the most gloomy reflections and see no point of time when we shall be extricated from the cruel dilemmas in which sir william's imprudence has involved us i vainly fancied i should gain some advantages at least raise myself in his opinion from my generosity but i find on the contrary he only laughs at me for being such a simpleton to suppose the sale of five hundred a year would set him to rights it is plain i have got no credit for my condescension for he has not spent one day at home since and his temper when i do see him seems more uncertain than ever oh louisa and do all young women give up their families their hand and virgin affections to be thus recompensed but why do i let fall these expressions alas they fall with my tears and i can no more suppress the one than the other i ought however and i indeed do endeavour against both i seek to arm my soul to support the evils with which i see myself surrounded i beseech heaven to afford me strength for i too plainly see i am deprived of all other resources i forgot to caution you my dear sister against acquainting my father that i have given up part of my jointure and lest when i am unburthening the weight of my overcharged bosom to you i should in future omit this cautionary reserve do you my louisa keep those little passages a secret within your own kind sympathizing breast and add not to my affliction by planting such daggers in the heart of my dear more dear than ever parent you know i have pledged my honour to you i will never by my own conduct accumulate the distresses this fatal union has brought on me though every vow on his part is broken through yet i will remember i am his wife and what is more your sister would you believe it he sir william i mean is quite displeased that i have given up cards and very politely told me i should be looked on as a fool by all his acquaintance and himself not much better for marrying such an ignorant uninstructed rustic to this tender and husband-like speech i returned no other answer than that my conscience should be the rule and guide of my actions and that i was certain would never lead me to disgrace him i left the room as i found some difficulty in stifling the resentment which rose at his indignant treatment but i shall grow callous in time i have so far conquered my weakness as never to let a tear drop in his presence those indications of self-sorrow have no effect on him unless indeed he had any point to gain by it and then he would feign a tenderness foreign to his nature but which might induct the ignorant uninstructed fool to yield up everything to him perhaps he knows it not but i might have instructors enough 
but he has taught me sufficient of evil thank god to make me despise them all from my unhappy connections with one i learned to hate and detest the whole race of rakes i might add of both sexes i tremble to think what i might have been had i not been blessed with a virtuous education and had the best of patterns in my beloved sister thus i was early initiated in virtue and let me be grateful to my kind sylph whose knowledge of human nature has enabled him to be so serviceable to me he is a sort of second conscience to me what would the sylph say i whisper to myself would he approve i flatter myself that insignificant as i am i am yet the care of heaven and while i depend on that merciful providence and its vicegerents i shall not fall into those dreadful pits that are open on every side but to strengthen my reliances let me have the prayers of my dear louisa for every support is necessary for her faithful julia letter twenty four to the same i have repeatedly mentioned to my louisa how earnestly i wish to have more frequent communications with myself a thought struck me the other day of the practicability of effecting such a scheme i knew i was safe from detection as no one on earth yourself excepted knew of his agency in my affairs i therefore addressed an advertisement to my invisible friend which i sent to the st james chronicle couched in this concise manner to the sylph grateful for the friendly admonition the receiver of the sylph's favour is desirous of having the power of expressing it more largely than is possible through this channel if still entitled to protection begs to be informed how a private letter may reach his hand i have not leisure nor inclination to make a long digression or would tell you the st james is a newspaper which is the fashionable vehicle of intelligence and from the circumstance alone of its admission into all families and meeting all eyes i chose it to convey my wishes to the sylph the next evening i had the satisfaction of finding those wishes answered and the further pleasure as you will see by the enclosed copy of being assured of his approbation of the step i have taken and now for a little of family affairs you know i have a certain allowance of what is called pin-money my quarter having been due for some time i thought i might as well have it in my own possession not that i am poor for i assure you on the contrary i have generally a quarter in hand though i am not in debt i sent win to harris's the steward from my stipend she returned with his duty to me acquainting me it was not in his power at present to honour my note not having any cash in hand surprised at his inability of furnishing a hundred and fifty pounds i desired to speak with him when he gave me so melancholy a detail of his master's circumstances as makes me dread the consequences he is surrounded with jew brokers for in this christian land jews are the money negotiators and such wretches as you would tremble to behold are admitted into the private recesses of the great and caressed as their better angels these infernal agents procure them money for which they pay fifty a hundred and sometimes two hundred per cent am i wrong in styling them infernal do they not make the silly people who trust in them pay very dear for the means of accomplishing their own destruction like those miserable beings they used to call witches who were said to sell their souls to the devil for everlasting to have the power of doing temporary mischief upon earth these now form the bosom associates of my husband ah wonder not the image of thy sister is banished thence rather rejoice with me that he pays that reverence to virtue and decency as to distinguish me from that dreadful herd of which his chief companions are composed 
i go very little from home in truth i have no creature to go with i avoid lord biddulph because i hate him and dare i whisper it to my louisa i estrange myself from the baron lest i should be too partial to the numerous good qualities i cannot but see and yet which it would be dangerous to contemplate too often oh louisa why are there not many such men his merit would not so forcibly strike me if i could find any one in the circle of my acquaintance who could come in competition with him for be assured it is not the tincture of the skin which i admire not because fairest but best but where shall a married woman find excuse to seek for and admire merit in any other than her husband i will banish this too too amiable man from my thoughts as myself says such men under the circumstances i am in are infinitely more dangerous than a bidolph yet can one fall by the hand of virtue alas this is deceitful sophistry if i give myself up to temptation how dare i flatter myself i shall be delivered from evil could two men be more opposite than what sir william appeared at woodley vale and what he now is for too surely that was appearance this reality think of him then sitting in your library reading by turns with my dear father some instructive and amusing author while we listened to their joint comments what lively sallies we discovered in him and how we all united in approving the natural flow of good spirits chastened as we thought with the principles of virtue see him now but my pen refuses to draw the pain-inspiring portrait alas it would be but a copy of what i have so repeatedly traced in my frequent letters a copy from which we should turn with disgust bordering on contempt this we should do were the character unknown or indifferent to us but how must that woman feel who sees in the picture the well-known features of a man whom she is bound by her vows to love honour and obey your tenderness my sister will teach you to pity so unhappy a wretch i will not however tax that tenderness too much i will not dwell on the melancholy theme but i lose sight of my purpose in thus contrasting sir william to himself i meant to infer from the total change which seems to have taken place in him that other men may be the same could the same opportunity of developing their characters present itself thus though the baron wears this semblance of an angel yet it may be assumed what will not men do to carry a favourite point he saw the open and avowed principles of libertinism in lord biddulph disgusted me from the first he therefore may conceal the same invidious intention under the seducing form of every virtue the simile of the robber and the beggar in the sylph's first letter occurs to my recollection yet perhaps i am injuring the baron by my suspicion he may have had virtue enough to suppress those feelings in my favour which my situation should certainly destroy in a virtuous breast nay i believe i may make myself wholly easy on that head he has for some time paid great attention to miss finch who i find has totally broke with colonel montague certainly if we should pay any deference to appearance she will make a much better election by choosing baron tonhausen than the colonel she has lately miss finch i should say has lately spent more time with me than any other lady for my two first companions i have taken an opportunity of civilly dropping i took care to be from home whenever they called by accident and always to have some prior engagement when they proposed meeting by design miss finch is by much the least reprehensible character i have met with but as lady besford once said 
one can form no opinion of what a woman is while she is single she must keep within the rules of decorum the single state is not a state of freedom only the married ladies have that privilege but as far as one can judge there is no danger in the acquaintance of miss finch i own i like her for having refused colonel montague and yet oh human nature on looking over what i have written i have expressed myself disrespectfully on the supposition that she saw tonhausen with the same eyes as a certain foolish creature that shall be nameless End of letters twenty three and twenty four.